title and a direction to go. And I'm really excited because I believe we're all going to get help tonight. And um, I was doing something kind of natural. I've been painting in my house, Miss Liz. (laughs) And I mean, you know, something natural. But, you know, I was tuned in in my heart to listen to God. And I was talking to God, you know, on the inside. And he gave me this phrase. And Jordan always has these awesome titles for his messages. And I've never really been able to come up with anything like that. But God gave this to me. And he said, difficulty to destiny. How do we get from difficulty into our destiny? And the first thing is we need to realize that it says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So once you realize the tactic of the devil, what he's out to do, then you've won half the battle because you know that if it's something that's not right, sickness, disease, lack, poverty, oppression, depression, that you know this is not of God and I need to resist this. And it's, you know, something that I was meditating on that scripture. The devil's motive is to steal your joy and your peace because when you have no joy and peace, your faith cannot work. When you don't have joy and peace, you are not in faith. You are in worry, you are in doubt, you're trying to be maybe, but you're not in faith. And he comes to kill your hopes and your dreams. If he can't kill you physically, literally take you out of this planet, then he's going to go to destroy your life here on the earth and to make you ineffective. So he comes to kill your dreams and your hopes, and he comes to destroy you to the point to where you'll never fulfill your destiny in God. You'll never fulfill. You'll be a a Christian. You'll come to church, but you'll never get in to the fullness of what God has for you. And you'll live a life always regretting, always wishing, always thinking there's more because you know there's more. And so the first thing is, you know, we have to realize what the devil's come to do. So we can know who he is, so then we can know who we are. Amen. And, you know, most of you do know me in here, but I'll share a little bit about this last, um, uh, I guess, 10 months or so of my life. Um, And, you know, um, I had my third little boy uh, in February of last year. And he was probably like six weeks old or something like that. And I started having uh, double vision. And I just thought, oh, bad sinus infection, you know, something going on with that. No big deal. You know, I was just kind of weird. I've never had that before. So um, it kept on and on. Went to different doctors trying to figure out what is the matter with me. They said, well, you were anemic when you had the baby. Anemia can cause double vision. I'm like, okay, not great, but great that we can figure it out and get me what I need to get better. And, you know, different things with the baby, they were thinking caused it in my body, you know. So I'm like, okay, well, let's do what we need to do and get me back to where I can take care of my kids. And, you know, got to the point where it was hard for me to clean my house, take care of my children, really do much, if you could imagine. Everything was, you know, two. And um, so finally, I went to an eye doctor. He sent me, I'm going to try to make this quick, but I think it's important that you know that, you know, even when you're a Christian, it doesn't mean you're immune from scars it doesn't mean you're immune from challenges in life and I think sometimes we think that's wrong to talk about that that that's almost bad saying we're we're, we don't have the victory no it's saying this is the world we live in and we have the victory but don't be so um ignorant to to think that you're never going to have a trouble and a pressure in life and that things aren't going to come against you so I'm just hopefully going to give you some hope tonight and share with you some things that have brought me through a very challenging time. And um, 
so I went to the eye doctor. They did the MRI, and a couple hours later, which I thought was kind of unusual, um, actually maybe like an hour later, um, they called me and said, you know, can you come back with your husband? We need to talk to you. And I was like, okay. And they alluded that it was from blood work. So I'm thinking, oh, they figured something out. They didn't probably want to tell me it was from the actual MRI they took. So um, I got down there, and Jacob met me there. And it was just a very supernatural experience for me. I know that sounds weird when you hear what I'm going to tell you what they said to me, but it really was. And something that's interesting is I had been listening to Pastor Nancy, and for maybe it had been a whole year, I don't know. It was this one particular message, and she kept, and I kept going back to this one message over and over again, and I told her about it later. And she said, well, God was preparing you. And she told this story about Dr. Dufresne getting the report about having cancer and how fear tried to come all over her. And, and the doctor said it's in his bones, it's in his lymph nodes, and it really wasn't, but he was just saying all these horrible things to put fear. You know, that's what the devil was trying to do, put fear in both of them. She said, I got in the car, and she said, I started to pray in the Holy Ghost. And she said, immediately, the Spirit of God came over me. And the peace of God, she said, came down over my head and my mind. And it came down, and she said, it rested right here on my shoulder. She said, I, I couldn't have been upset if I wanted to be upset. I just knew that I knew it was going to be okay. So anyways, I'm listening to this over and over, not knowing that I'm going to have a similar experience in my life. And so I'm sitting there, and he walks in, and Jacob can tell you he was pale. He was sweating. He was acting very um, uh, breathing heavy, acting very unusual, <laughs> you know, just like something was the matter you could tell. And he said, well, we found um, a very large mass on your brain. And, um, you know, it was like I, I heard the words he was saying, but I was so kept you know, the, the, the word says we are kept by the power of God. And it was like, if you could imagine, the scripture becomes living color to you. Like a cartoon or something you can imagine bursting into living color was the scripture and the peace of God will garrison and mount guard over your heart and mind. And that's what I felt. It was like I was just surrounded by this peace and it just stayed on me. Not that if I would have cried at that moment, that would have been wrong. It wasn't in me to cry. I was so wrapped up in the presence of God and the peace of God Amen. that I was just secure. I was just stable in knowing that he was my God. And see, I had that relationship to back it up. I had, I had developed that in my life to know that he was my God and that he wasn't going to let me die. He wasn't going to let me be handicapped the rest of my life. And... That comes from you having your own relationship with God. Not, well, I grew up in church and my parents loved God and they dragged me to church. No, that doesn't, that doesn't cut it. That doesn't cut it. It's when you and God have a relationship. He is your God. He's not your mama's God. He's not your grandma's God. He's not your friend's God. I come because they're here. He's not your girlfriend or your boyfriend's God. And, well, I come because they want me to be here. No, you and God have a relationship. Amen. And so anyways, this was happened all very quickly. This was on a Friday. They said, you know, we don't want you to go home. We want you to go straight to the neurosurgeon right now. So we waited and um, just waited in the peace of God. And we just, it was very supernatural for what had just been told to us. Um, we drove over to Louisville, met with the man, and, um, 
you know, he began to tell us all the things that would happen and could happen and um, that it was, it was very large like that. Three and a half inches. It was very large, so um, it was. He said it was very surprising that um, I wasn't having seizures. I wasn't having much more severe symptoms than just double vision. And I think of the keeping power of God. All that time I'm driving around with my children in the car. If I'd had a seizure and killed me and them, or or whatever, or hurt them, and all the while, because he said it was in there a really long time to get that large. So all the while, God is keeping me. He's keeping my children. He's keeping my whole family safe. And I didn't even know there was an attack. I didn't even know there was an attack. And I'm kept. And um, he said, you know, you're going to be paralyzed on the right side of your body for sure because it's right over here on the left side. And it's laying in the speech part of your brain. So you're not going to be able to talk when you wake up and it'll, you know, he said, you'll, you'll be able to probably regain it through a lot of therapy, but you won't be able to speak. You'll be paralyzed. I mean, so many things. I can't even remember everything. I don't want to remember everything, but so many lists of things, you know, um, it's right there by a main artery in your brain. That's very dangerous. If I nick it, it's over pretty much. Um, so many things that he said. And we listened, and we took it all in. And I, I, the one thing is, too, I always felt peace about going through with it. You have to follow the peace of God for yourself. Because if God would have spoke to me and said, don't do this, then I would have followed that peace. But I never felt like I shouldn't go through with this. I, I felt peace about the whole thing. And they said, we're doing this Monday morning. We have to do this quickly. And um, as many of you know, we came Sunday morning. My dad told everybody, and God gave Jacob specific things to, to believe for that I would be able to talk and not be paralyzed and all the other things that they said could happen. And I woke up um, five hours or so later out of surgery, and they cut me from ear to ear and opened me up and took it out, and he came out and said, you know, um, we, we got... We got it, and um, it was uneventful, I think is what he said, which means that's a good thing, he said, in brain yeah. surgery. You don't want it complicated, you know, and, and uh, he said, but she won't be able to talk, and all those things he had said, he was for sure of it, you know. And uh, so I woke up, Jacob came back to the recovery room, and he said it was one of the greatest days of his life because I, I my mouth flew open just like I'm talking right now, and I just started talking. <laughs> And uh, I, my dad came in, and I said, Dad, I only see one of you. And, uh, and then I got to my, you know, I was in ICU that first day. And then he said, best case scenario, you go home on Wednesday. And guess what day I went home? Wednesday. I drove home Wednesday. Uh, Jacob drove me home Wednesday. And uh, I wasn't driving for a while. <laughs> he drove me home Wednesday. But nonetheless, I was alive. No kidding, I was alive <laughs> because he said, you know, this is really this is really serious. Obviously, you're going into the brain, and um, not only if if you just make it, but then if you're even normal, if you're not handicapped or disabled, and um, I just knew that I have a destiny. I have a calling on my life, even if that doesn't mean I don't. I'm just talk, not just talking about five fold call. We all have a call in our life to do something for God, 
So how am I going to fulfill it if I'm not where I need to be, if, if I'm not even able to communicate with people? So I knew that God was going to keep me through that. And not to say that there have not been significant challenges. I mean, the surgery was honestly the easiest part of it. The recovery has been the hardest thing I have ever walked through in my life. And um, Christine Kane said, um, I, I don't know if I'll quote her exactly right, but um, she's a, a lady that has an awesome ministry and rescues people out of uh, human trafficking. And she said, the pain of the injury is never as bad as the pain of the recovery. And Jacob saw that she had it on Facebook and said, Honey, that, that reminded me so much of you because obviously he's been right there every step of the way with me through this. Just thinking, am, am I ever going to feel normal? Am I ever going to, even though I could talk and things, just, just a lot of things, as you can imagine, ch a lot of changes I've been through. And um, am I ever going to be able to take care of my kids? And, you know, because I couldn't for a while. And, and, God has brought me to the point to where I'm up here preaching to you tonight. And, you know, maybe it, it's not going to be a physical issue for you, but maybe you deal with depression a lot. Maybe that's something that just dogs you and dogs you and dogs you. Maybe, maybe it, you know, whatever it is, there's all kinds of traumas and dramas that are in this world. And it, it doesn't have to be a brain tumor and brain surgery, but it's something. And God has a way for you to get through it to the other side, to fulfill what he's called you to do and not to get stuck. That's what, that's what, when it all first happened, I kept telling Jacob, and I think I told the church body, I'm not going to get stuck here. You know, like somebody that has a car wreck and they keep just going, walking around the wreckage and walking around. And you know people like that. They've had some horrible thing, and, and it was horrible, happen in their life, but they never recover. They never, they keep going around it. That was so horrible. Oh my gosh. And I'm seriously, and they and they're really hurting. And and believe me, I have done that a few times in the last ten months where I felt like I was stuck. But God has brought me and it's been a step by step. It wasn't like whew, I zoomed ahead and it was like overnight I was, you know, leaps and bounds ahead, but it was every day. Even if it was baby steps. I'm I'm making it. I'm making it. I'm, I can do this. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to live and not die. And, you know, even when I had my recovery, um, I, excuse me, my checkup, uh, my six-month checkup, you know, and I shared this briefly, I think, the other day when Brother Daryl, we sang the song that God gave him for me, I Will Stand, that, you know, we went back and they did another MRI and we went back in there and they said, well, the doctor said, well, there's still some, you know, uh, brain tumor in there, some brain tumor cells. And so that was very shocking for, for us. We were not expecting that because they had acted like they got everything, which maybe I didn't understand the medical terms correctly or something. I don't know what happened there. But um, so that's been another thing God has helped me with, as you could imagine, you know, thinking about that. I mean, I had a rough couple of weeks right after that appointment. Um, and then today I was, I was washing the dishes and I thought, you know, I hardly even think about it. I really don't. I just, I know that I'm going to live. I know that I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I know I'm going to fulfill the call on my life. So, you know, but th that's not to say that there wasn't hard days and hard moments that I had to use my faith to get through that. The devil bombarding me you're going to die. 
you're going to die. You're not going to live. Your babies aren't going to have a mom. You know, all those things over and over again that you have to fight with your faith, that you have to be strong on the inside of yourself and say, no, that is a lie from the pit of hell. I will live and I will fulfill what God, God has called me to do. Amen. So I hope I told that quickly, but, but well, for you to kind of know where I'm coming from when I'm talking about this. But the first thing, how do we get from difficulty to destiny is you have to have the spirit of faith. You can't just have head knowledge of faith. You have to have the spirit of faith. And that is, that comes from down on the inside of you in your spirit, your heart. That comes out of that part of you, not, I know the scriptures, I can recite them from memory. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. It's good to, to memorize verses, but at some point it has to drop, as we've all been taught, from here down to here into your heart. And then that's when faith becomes alive. That's when your faith begins to work for you, not when you just can recite scriptures like a parrot. It's not somebody else, like, you know, they've taught you and taught you, well, you know what they said, but it's not real to you. That's what I mean by the spirit of faith. So Colossians 1.4. Let's turn there. Colossians 1.4. Out of the Amplified. Colossians 1.4 says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which you show for all the saints. But the part I, that stood out to me, I, I just read this, um, seemed like last week, this particular scripture and this phrase stood out to me I was telling Jacob for we have heard of your faith Come on. just stop right there has anybody heard of your faith and I was thinking about that like wow that's pretty awesome that somebody would hear about your faith how great how awesome must that person's faith have been how great must that person's faith have been not because they were so super spiritual and they they never made a mistake no but but because they used their faith that's how you get great faith is by using your faith it doesn't mean you don't ever have a challenge that's how you grow your faith is through the hard times and it doesn't mean you're not going to somebody that is not going to ever fall and make a mistake or have a problem but they use their faith come on on purpose all the time they use their faith. They don't just let it lay dormant and let somebody else believe God for them. They use their faith, and that's when peop other people hear about your faith, when you're a person that uses your faith. Because I don't know, that just so just like went off in my heart when I read that. For we have heard of your faith. And then in 1 John 5, 4, I just wrote this briefly. It says, you know, faith is a victory that overcomes the world. And no faith equals no victory. We can have the sweetest of intentions. We can have a sweet personality. We can ha love people. We can have all these great qualities. But if we don't have faith, we will never have victory in our life. Never. Never, never, never. It says faith is the victory. It doesn't say anything else there. It says faith is the victory. So if we have faith, we're always going to be able to come through. It doesn't matter how hard of a situation it is, because, like I shared with you, I had a really hard one, uh, and I'm on the other side. Amen. Amen. I'm alive. I'm walking. I'm talking tonight. I'm, I'm doing so much better. Amen. And that's because of faith, the spirit of faith. But you've got to realize it's not just head knowledge. It's coming out of your heart. So you have to have it drop down into your spirit, and then it becomes real to you. 
It's not just, you know, when it's in your head, it's real to the person preaching to you. It's real to maybe somebody sitting next to you. But when it drops into your heart, it's real to you. And then um, let's turn over to Colossians 2.7. Colossians 2.7. It says, have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught in abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. So we have to be established in it. And I was thinking about this too because my husband went through, you know, uh, having cancer about 10 years ago. And he was, so to speak, a baby Christian. He had just been saved, but he got to the other side of it because he got established in his faith, even though, you know, I have been raised in church my whole life, so it was kind of different scenarios in the way we came into our challenges, so to speak. But he got to the other side because he used his faith, and it was real to him. It wasn't just head knowledge of my dad preaching. He, it dropped down into his heart, and it was real to him. So he was only saved a short time. I had been saved kind of, so to speak, my whole life. It doesn't matter. When it's real to you, it'll work. When it's real to you, it'll work. It doesn't matter if you've been saved six months or 60 years. If it's real to you, if the word is real to you, it'll work. Hallelujah. And then in Second uh, Corinthians 4.13 says, Yet we have the same spirit of faith as he who had wrote, I have believed and therefore have I spoken. So the spirit of faith is there also. And we have to speak things that we want. You know, as walking through the last, you know, several months, I couldn't speak those things that would come against my mind because I don't want that to happen. I speak, no, I'm going to live. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be able to take care of my kids. I'm going to be able to be a wife and a mom and a minister of the gospel and get up on that platform and do what I'm called to do and not be lacking in anything. Amen. And then the second point on how we get from difficulty to destiny, the first one is to have the spirit of faith. The second one is to remain in the peace of God. And if we don't stay in peace, we will not, our faith will not work. Because when you are not in peace, like Dr. Dufresne was just here and taught us, oh my goodness, it was so awesome about having a troubled heart. And that's what I'm kind of talking to you about tonight. If we don't stay in the peace of God, we will be troubled. Amen. And when, when you're troubled, you're not in faith. When you're troubled, you're not in faith. So when you're in peace, you're in faith. Amen. And the devil wants to keep you in the arena of your five physical senses and keep you stuck in your difficulty. He wanted me to see all the things that, you know, I didn't have the majors, but I had some challenges. And he wanted me to see all those things. He wanted me to focus on, I can hardly get up out of bed. I can barely take a, you know, have somebody bathe me and get back in my bed. He wanted me to stay focused on the problem and just rehearse it over yeah, and over to right. me. And that's when you've got to use your faith and rise up on the inside and use your faith and say, no, you don't. I'm staying in peace. I'm staying in joy. I'm not going to let this destroy me. Amen. So the peace of God is what's going to keep us in Romans 15, 13. Let's turn to Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith. So you have to go through the experience with your faith. 
Do you see that? That you can have joy and peace and believing through the experience, not of my neighbor's faith, not of my pastor's faith, but in my faith. I can have joy and peace while I'm believing to the, get to the other side of this. And all the while, it's through my faith. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. And then in Colossians 3, 2, it says, And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, not on the things of the earth. Like what I said, the devil wants to keep us, our focus on what's going on in our present situation. I need money. I need money for this. I need money for that. And keep us focused on the lack instead of I've been sowing and giving in faith for all these years or for however long you've been doing it. And I love God and I serve God and I'm devoted to him. He's not going to leave me lacking, whether it's money, my health, my family, whatever it is. He's not going to leave me. You have to realize that he's not ever going to leave you. He's never going to leave you. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Friends can turn their back on you. Even parents can turn their back on you. People you thought loved you can turn their back on you. But always know, he will never turn his back on you. He loves you beyond any person on this earth. I tell my kids all the time, Jesus loves you so much more than mommy ever loves you. And mommy loves you so, so, so much. If you're a parent or if you're a child that has a great parents, you know. Parents, just it's just, just the way God did it. You just love your children just to the moon and back, as they say. You just love them till there's no end. But can you imagine that God loves us more? Because Judah said something the other day. I forget what I was saying. He goes, Mommy's so... God love me more than you. <laughs> I said, yes, he does. Isn't that awesome, baby? God loves you and wants the best for you even more than mommy and daddy can. I mean, we love you so much and we're committed to you, but even more, Jesus is there for you. Jesus loves you. He's never going to leave you. No matter what somebody has done to you, he's never going to turn his back on you. Amen. So we have to stay in the peace of God. If we get a troubled heart and we stay in the, that arena of being troubled and we don't, we, you know, we, we might put on a show for other people so people don't know what's going on on the inside of us and they think we're okay. But down deep on the inside, do you really have peace? You got to do a self-examination. Am I really content and peaceful on the inside of me or am I, am I unsettled and disturbed and troubled? And just know that if, if you do that and you just ask God to help you and reveal things to you, he will show you and he will help you. And if you have a troubled heart, just know that I'm not in faith. It's okay. You, you can change it like that. You can change it like that. It's not hard. You get in faith, you leave the trouble behind. You stay in the peace of God and you can't have a troubled heart. Amen. And then... The third point about how we move from difficulty to destiny is to, that we need to know there will be much fruit on the other side of this situation. Amen. That we're on our way to our destiny. Come on. That we can't stop here. Like I said, the car wreck. We can't stop and get stuck in life. Right. So many people, I know I have a, um, like a great aunt um, who had a daughter that passed away. And my parents have always, you know, kind of you hear from the family, you know, aunt so-and-so, she never got over it. She, and it made her weird, you know, and I'm not making fun of her. It did. It made mentally, it made her strange 
because she's so grieved and she never let God heal her of that uh, that hurt, that deep hurt. And whatever it is in our life, we have to let God heal us of that. Yes. Not to say it's going to be overnight, but it, 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 he will get us to the other side of it. Whether it's a day, a month, a year, whatever, he's going to walk with us every step of the way. He's never going to leave us along this path of recovery, whatever it is. And he's going to get us to the other side. But if we get stuck, do you see that? You're never going to fulfill. You might do some good things for God. You could be a great person, sweet person. You love people. You serve in your local church. But there's a, there's a specific divine purpose for your life that you'll never get into if you get stuck. At a, at a difficulty in life, at a tragedy in life, at a trauma. And not to say it wasn't horrible, whatever it was, but we can't let, allow ourselves to stay in that place of hurt and pain and difficulty because we won't be able to help even our own families. We'll be, we'll be struggling just to survive. So we have to move past that into the, into the recovery that God wants us to walk in. And in Romans... Let's see here, Romans 12, 12. Romans 12, 12, it says, Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. So you know what? When we go through a difficulty, we should already have a relationship with our Father. But it should draw us even closer. It shouldn't make us mad at God. It shouldn't make us angry with Him. I've never once thought, God, why did you let this happen? I mean, I don't even go there in my mind because He didn't cause it. He didn't cause it. The devil, like we said at the very beginning, if we know the tactics of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy, then we know how good God is. And we know that he loves us, and he wants us to make it more than anybody else. Like I said a minute ago, he, he loves us more than our parents love us. He wants us to make it. And then in James 1, 2, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. Dr. Dufresne talked about this when he was here, these scriptures. James 1, starting in verse 2. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. So as Dr. Dufresne was preaching that, I think it was Sunday morning. I don't even know. Jacob and Lauren were sitting on each side of me. I don't even know if they even knew it. But I had tears coming down my face because I felt like he was preaching right to me. I know it wasn't just to me. But I felt like he is, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just so amazing, the word of God that was ministering to me as he was talking about that, that the proving of your faith, think about that. It's hard in that moment. It's, it's difficult in that, in that moment of difficulty, whatever it is for you. But just know that it's, it's causing you to be stronger. It's causing you to have a greater capacity for God. It's causing your faith to grow. It's causing you to have endurance. Amen. Because you need endurance to fulfill what God has for your future. Amen. So just realize that even though in that, that moment it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to go through those hard times and those testings and those trials. And I'm not talking about sickness and disease that God put something on you to teach you anything. I'm talking about the trying of your faith. I'm talking about those times when your faith is all that's getting you through 
you know, that you are so dependent on God and that that's growing in you and growing in you. So the proving of your faith will bring out endurance, steadfastness, and patience. And I want all three. Amen. <laughs> to be steadfast and not let anything move you. No matter what comes into your life, nothing can shake me. And I remember just quickly here when um, I, I shared with the praise team um, about my checkup report that I had gotten. And uh, I said, you know, my faith will not be shaken. The devil was trying to shake it like you probably could imagine in those moments. He was trying to shake the ground under my feet big time. Oh, my goodness. And you've had, I'm sure, moments like that with something in your life where you just feel like the, the ground under you is shaken. And, and I just declared that by faith that day, that my faith will not be shaken. It will not be shaken. Amen. You can't let the storms of life, it can shake your physical body. It can shake some other things, but your faith is like a big, strong you know, if you can imagine a big, strong beam or something on the inside of you, that part of you cannot be shaken. Your spirit cannot be shaken. Your body can feel some effects. Your mind even can feel a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. But your spirit cannot be shaken. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Hallelujah. So realize, set that before you as a hope. Even if you're going through something difficult, a hard thing in your life, a challenge in your life, something you feel like, how am I going to get to the other side of this? That realize your faith is going to carry you to the other side. And that you're going to be perfect and complete. Doesn't mean we're imperfect. We think of perfect differently than what this means. This is meaning that God's done a thorough work in us. We have nothing lacking spiritually. We have no spiritual defects in us. Nobody's perfect on this earth in our, you know, what we always say, right, or whatever, but on our insides, that when we go through these processes, we go through these things in life, and, and it says the storms of life will come to everyone. It doesn't say that they might come. It says when they come. So we know that that means that we are immune in the sense of we always have the victory, but we're not immune from going through things because we live in this earth. We're not in heaven yet with Jesus. So when, while we're here on this earth, saved or unsaved, there's challenges. Amen. But the difference is we have the victory because we know God, because God is real on the inside of us. He's made us alive to him. And so that means every answer we need, it's right here. Every answer I need, I already have it because he's in me. He's in me. Amen. The ultimate answer giver, the ultimate answer to everything in life lives in me. So that's the difference between when we go through a difficulty or a storm in life and somebody that doesn't know God. And that's why we can go out and help others. That's why we, because we can go through things in life and we build our faith and our faith grows and it's hard at the moment, but we come out the other side and that way we can go rescue people yeah. that don't know how to get through their difficulty. They're struggling, they're hurting, they're wanting answers and we have them. Amen. Amen. And then one little phrase God gave to me and then I want to minister to some people. God spoke this to my heart. 
to seize moments of opportunity, they will take you to your destiny. Seize moments of opportunity, they will take you to your destiny. Amen. So whether you are like tonight, my brother gave me the opportunity to preach. Now, I could have let fear keep me at home tonight because in my natural personality, I kind of t tend to be more shy and quiet. I'm not real boisterous, except when I'm under the anointing, as you, if you've seen me in praise and worship. <laughs> the anointing changes me. Um, but my normal personality is kind of more quiet. So, you know, it's a thing where even, you know, doing this kind of thing, but I know God's called me to do it. So I use my faith to get past the fear of whatever, the fear of, you know, getting in front of people and whatever, messing up or all those things you when you speak in front of people. But I didn't let fear hold me back. Don't let anything hold you back because, see, it's opening the door, I believe. I believe God showed me this for things to start to happen Amen. in my life. And so I took the opportunity that Jordan gave me, and I walked through the door. Take the opportunity. Not, I'm not just talking about up here, because this, this is awesome, but this is not like the only place where ministry happens. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> How about where you work? How about your neighbors that are hurting? How about family members that are struggling? That is your pulpit. And maybe you are called to this type of pulpit, too. But whatever opportunities come across your path, don't let fear of what they will think, don't let fear, don't let anything hold you back from walking through those doors of opportunity because God was showing me, once you start to step through one door, then he said, I can open another one, and then I can open a greater one. And that doesn't mean that, that I'm not talking about more and more people. I'm not saying like that, like, ooh, thousands of them. I'm talking about just a more effectual door, whatever that means. So when you step through a door of opportunity, something else greater can open. But if you let fear hold you back, you will always stay right here. And that door will stay shut because you will never, you won't obey. You won't walk through it. But you know how you get to, to those doors where you can start to move ahead in life? By pressing through your difficulties. Amen. By using your faith to get to the other side. If you don't ever get through the difficulties in life, the things that try to steal your joy and peace, like we said at the first part, to kill your hopes and your dreams, to destroy you to the point to where you don't fulfill God's purpose, then we can never fully get into all that God has for us. We're stuck here. Even though maybe the difficulty's passed, if I don't move past the, the moment of brain tumor, brain surgery, and I stay here, there my whole life, I'll never do what God wants me to do. I might still sing. I might do some things. You know what I mean? I, I always love God, but I, I'll never fulfill what he really wants me fully to do in my life. Amen. Because, you know, we go from glory to glory. Yeah. And so if we don't get past some hurts and some things that have happened, then we can never go to the next level of glory Amen. and the next level of faith. Because I tell you, I'm in a different level of faith than I was a year ago. And you can say the same thing. If you went through something challenging and you're on the other side, you know. You just know it on your insides. I'm at a different level of faith because of what's just happened. It wasn't fun. It didn't feel good. It, it was really, really challenging. And you could say the same thing about some things in your life. But you've got to press on. 
you got to get past it. So what I had on my heart tonight, if it's okay to keep, um, was, you know, I felt like that there are those of you in here that, you know, it could be anything. It could be a family situation. It could be um, so many things. It could be, like I said, depression, oppression, constantly dogging your tracks. You get victory, but then, you know, you're just, you're not able to fully make make way in that or you could have had somebody do something to you whether it be abuse or um, whatever verbal abuse whatever it might be there's all kinds of different difficulties and storms of life that come but we have to be able to move past them and get to the other side and I felt like tonight praise team would you or at least Miss Morgan would you go to the keyboard for me